Pressing button. Hi, gay. Part two. It's me, Katya. And Kyle. <laughs> for those of you on stereo, you just got twice the introduction for half the price. Getting inside of both of your ear holes. <laughs> I'm sorry about it. Not sorry. You, about everyone's it. like, I love your hole. And I'm like, which one? I yeah, know. Right? Hope you guys are wearing ear condoms because you might get in. You, you, you might get hearing aids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, so much to unpack. What a wild day. Um, my name is Kasia, blah, blah, blah. This is Heard and Heard. Welcome. You're Heard. It's been a minute. There it is. We were, uh, many of us on this podcast were on some glorious adventures the last two weeks. So we were being gay in Palm Springs. Yeah. We were gay in San Luis Obispo, California. I'd say very unglorious too. Yeah, no, there was. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. We relaxed, we got waxed. And honestly, like, like I just feel like we left and like the pandemic, the, you know, it was like very like, the pandemic and now we came back and it's like it's really the end is in sight you don't spend time in phoenix you lose time in phoenix. you don't get covid in palm springs you bring COVID. <laughs> no i mean that was interesting because i mean like i mean both you and i were very like i think on the spectrum of being covid conscious i would put myself at like at like a 10 being like Matt had you know what do you, what do you call those hazmat, hazmat suits and yeah. zero being chance done <laughs> okay <laughs> I definitely had that coughing fit inside of Hunters and I'm pretty sure I made a lot of people nervous yeah that was for sure but I feel like bef- I'm talking before then before <laughs> that I feel like I was at a seven or eight like even yeah, though I'm a naturally yeah. reckless person I think we both are secretly like are too ner- like we didn't want to actually hurt someone we didn't want to like be the cause of someone getting COVID and so it did make me like uncomfortable in spaces I knew I shouldn't be in 100% Definitely. I think it's a really jarring experience to all of a sudden experience an area with really seemingly no mandates and go from zero to 60 with the mask. There's definitely that introductory yes. period. Yes, and it, what, it was, I don't think zero to 90. Zero to 90 So we went, Yeah, so sh- the, this is a great segue into our topic, which is pride. Hi, gay. Hi. Um, <laughs> we went to this bar called Hunters. Hunters, yes. Which is a chain. One in Palm Springs and one in Fort Lauderdale. They're missing. They should be like in Palm Springs, Florida too, like betwixt two palms. Between two palms. I mean, Palm Springs is the Florida of California. It really <laughs> was. I mean, look, I was. We all went out. We had, our, and also like, bear in mind, most of our group was all like from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. More on the side, like a couple of doctors, some nurses. Like we just were like, we all weren't perfect by any means, but we just were, you know, erring on the side of caution. I have no problem wearing my mask. It's not like a. The violation of my freedom of, of masslessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when we got to that door, they were not taking IDs. Masks were like, like every employee had their mask under their nose. Like it yeah. was like all so, it, it, and like, they, even I remember like, she's like, do you have a mask? And I kind of like fumbled and she's like, just go in. Don't worry about it. It's all performative hygiene anyways. You know, you crazy kids have fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it, and it felt safe to do so. I mean, everyone yeah. there was vaxxed. Everyone there was, um, I say, low risk. There's just something about the droning of circuit <laughs> music that I oh, think true. is really conducive there to was coronavirus. That too. Corona yeah. was like, actually, no, actually the opposite. Corona's like, I hate circuit music. I'm out <laughs> here. Corona said, no thank you. No, Corona went to the circuit parties in <laughs> December and November, and she's like, actually, I don't think that's my scene. Yeah. She sank the boat. She got off. I did Puerto Vallarta. I'm out of here. Yeah, no. So, I mean, it was it was very that energy, but it just felt kind of more right. And I think, yeah, like... very much so. You know, when I've come back and things are, we're in the Pacific Northwest right now, so things are not on that level. I think our times are still, like, closing at midnight. Yeah. And you still have to have your mask, unless you can prove you're vaccinated. But if you prove you're vaccinated, sanctuary, 
um, local lounge, other places are allowing the performers at least to go around maskless, which I just don't feel as scared about it. Before, I feel like we were like going too soon. I like I think this is the right time. Yeah, I feel the same way too. I know that I've been at a few bars lately where wearing a mask to the bar to interact with the bartender always feels good because yeah. it's a good sign of respect. respect. Yeah, and so I always appreciate that when interacting with people, even though we all might be vaccinated, I still think that level of respect for another person speaks loudly. Wait, a friend request. Wait, wait D. D. D, join this thing. Wait, can you get your phone and text text the group chat? Um, okay, so this is our first stereo, because also the stereo used to be just two people, and then they moved it, now they're going to be up to five. Now up to five, I which can't wait to literally, like, there's no, no obstacles in our way. We should do a live, um, <laughs> where people call in, we can take their calls. I mean, Love I it. think we're, that is basically what's happening. Okay, so y'all are invited, <laughs> um, we were supposed to be joined by the lovely Nana Nix Cartier. Um, but they are going on a little, uh, vacation before Pride, which is what we're the, the topic of today is Pride. So can you, I think there's like a link. Let me see. Way to add people. Everyone can request to join. Oh, I guess like just, just tell people to go to stereo. <laughs> For those of you listening, um, sorry. <laughs> we are... Not technology wizards, but also as exciting as I think we might be getting a studio soon, which will be like more fish. One of our co-hosts, yeah. James, has like lots of equipment. I have microphones up the wazoo. I just don't know how to work any of them. Mm-hmm. I want like a nice wireless mic because I always love seeing that on reality. And when you walk shows. off, you're like, I'm, I'm done Set with it. this. I'm done. Set it down. <laughs> 100%. I, I love to exit in a dramatic fashion. Absolutely. I'm excited. Also, this is the first time we're not recording. It's just because we, I had a very chaotic day um, filled with lessons, filled with, yes, put on that wig. We are wearing wigs. We are you wearing wigs, them, though. Yeah, wigs no, for sure. Worn. You should always pay. So I say, like, we have our Patreon. There's the $3, which is little Seba- that's the little Sebastian version. R.I.P. little Sebastian. R.I.P. little Sebastian. Then there's the $10 version, which is uh, Pony Them uh, pony girl, pony boy level. And then you can donate the $25 if you want, like, the inside scoops, the merch, the all the videos, picks. the whole enchiladas, and it will have... It, that's called Horse Girl Boss. As to be? Yeah, so check out... Um, it is gatekeeped. Yeah. <laughs> which is $25. The, yeah, the, the, yeah, that'll get you past the gate. And honestly, once you're... <laughs> Once you're through the gate, you can lick it off. I'll lick off your exes and just go, wow. Yeah, the world's largest salt lick. So I'm excited because, okay, you are old. Very, <laughs> at this point, yeah. As I've been having people tell me, they're like, wow, you're old. I'm like, okay. No, I was honestly, Here we go. I'm, I'm glad I know you and I'm, I'm glad I know it's not something that you're insecure about. Because like on our trip to Palm Springs, everyone kept being like, how old are you? And you, yeah. and you like, I'm 35. And they'd be like, oh. <laughs> like like you will be here one day too yes wild. Yeah. yeah take pride in your age it's great i have so much like experience on my belt it's great 35 is like the best and i be great and that's why i'm very excited here because i think and i at this point i've been i've a high gay i've been gay for 10 years yeah congratulations i know, I know. chris hogley has been gay for three days <laughs> i think somewhere around there well the gates are being kept real hard no actually well she had a standing invitation to be gay but she really was you know kind of deciding taking her time with it i don't know circling the accept button I don't know. Absolutely, Maybe. absolutely. Maybe. And yeah, so I we're going to talk about Pride. I think we're going to probably talk a little bit about the origins. Also, this will be a one of three episodes, so there's going to be a lot more people tuning in this week. It is Pride 
in Portland. Come on, Pride. Right? And it's very impromptu. We just got the little uh, notification from Miss K. Brown mm-hmm. that once we hit 70% vaccination, we are so close. We are so close. We were at 90,000 last week. I think we're, we've are we dipped well, well beneath that. So hopefully by this weekend, because we have some renegade things happening, those are all outdoors. They're come at your own risk, come vaccinated only. But we honestly should be able to party like in a full sense of the the word. I've actually started to see some really unique locations to get COVID shots. I was driving down Alberta <laughs> and the Alberta Street Market had a giant sign out that said, come, get your coronavirus shot. Yeah. I was like, wow, they are really outsourcing. It's great. Yeah. And it's honestly, it's necessary because I think we learned that we live in a little bubble. I don't know. I just don't know that many people who aren't getting vaccinated. Well, I didn't think I knew that many people who weren't yeah. getting vaccinated. There well, were... I will not be getting vaccinated. Shut up, bitch. You're right. <laughs> She got. She's been waxed four times. So like two genders, and I will not be vaccinated. Oh my god! Stop. Yeah, no. There's really some surprise people that I was like, oh, you're not getting vaccinated. I mean, like, go off, sis. But seems weird. Are you? And like, literally, like. I wouldn't say that out loud. Yeah, I wouldn't say that out loud unless like you're a medical professional. It really like put like anything that you Mm -hmm. have as an opinion as a layperson. Like, of course, it is your right to decide if you want to get vaccinated. However, I think. If you are not going to get vaccinated, then, like, you cannot go to bars until mm-hmm. you cannot. Like, there should be serious incentivizations. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. And de-incentivizations. And those are both not words. But they should, yeah, come they on. They are now. Surprise, they are now. Anyway, so Pride is happening. Pride is here. So I guess I'm going to give a little bit of my understanding of what happened, up the uh, for what how Pride came to be. Please. Yeah. <laughs> And this is, uh, as always, the uneducated and uninformed... The drunk history version of... Yes, this is the ketamine. Like, they just did a... Yeah, what's a K-hole history? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I also, like, I did spend some time in New York, uh, about three years from 18 to 20, so I will admit that that was... It was very present Mm. for me in knowing that it was never always just a party. We were talking about how, like, it sort of morphed into that, but, like, my um, gay mother, Trey... Uh, who lived on St. Mark Street, which is just down the street from West Village, which is where, you know, that's where Stonewall is. Yeah. I mean, they took me to those places. And they were like, girl, your little Midwestern ass, because at the time I was stupid and did not know anything, just because, there were, you know, this was before we had supercomputers in our in our pockets. And so the only history I had been taught was I knew Stonewall, the Stonewall riots had happened and that that had caused people to begin to realize that a lot more people are gay than we realize and the beginnings of pride as a protest and it's because it's like literally in the last 10 years because i was i became i decided to be gay um when i was 18 i came out and when i was 20 gay marriage was passing and that in minnesota and that was a really formative moment i was i was in Mm. the rotunda at the minnesota state capitol when the senate voted to because both minnesota had a had one of those uh uh what do you call it ballot initiatives in november that was like no gay no gay and then they were moving into literally it was like it was such a quick turnaround so november no gay and like by that may we had we were the 12th state to have gay marriage and that's when i really started to realize that there's just so much political history that I barely had. I thought I like I've been to these places. I knew these places, but I didn't really understand it. And so when I, and when I moved to Portland, that really did help me uh, realize that like Pride was started by 
know, Marsha P. Johnson throwing a brick at a police officer who was arresting a butch lesbian, which I was just reading that story. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just been, it's been marrying the celebration of pride with the history of pride for me. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Um, I'd love to sort of like, what is your sort of like initial pride experience? What is your understanding of like pride history? Yeah. I, it always comes back to Stonewall again for me too. Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson. Um, you always hear really, I would love to, I feel like my basis of knowledge of understanding is, you know, at an elementary level, kind of know how it all goes. Yeah. I feel like I should. Much well, you're not supposed to watch that documentary. The documentary, apparently, like, they, like, whoever, <laughs> like, someone who was a friend of Marshall P. Johnson, like, got interviewed, and then that person just, like, went off. So, like, I had already seen it by the time I had watched it, but it's really hard to, like, get this history, which is so recent, but from the right places and right sources, because it just, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I feel like my first Pride experiences... I remember going to my first Pride, my first probably real big Pride when I was still living in Fresno, California, and that was a real... <laughs> no money, no family? Yeah, 16 in the middle of uh, Fresno. Fresno, wearing white Gay. contacts still up from the night before, you know? Your oh, eyebrows back in that day were... Were thin. Were thin. Yeah, yeah, thin, white, and salty. <laughs> they were Miss Cracker Brows. It was, like, crazy. Well, because also a little fun fact about you, which I just... It, so many things about you tickle me, but you went to esthetician college with Miss Babe. Yeah. Yeah. Was that around that same time? Um, no, I'd say that was probably around like 2006, 2007 would be about the time I went to beauty school. Okay. And when did you have your first pride? My first pride, let's say I was probably 16. I was living in Fresno. They used to have an all ages club, well, 16 and over club in Fresno that we would sneak out of, um, in high school and like go down to. And it was in kind of like a real dicey area part of town too. And the guy who owned the club was a complete predator, which was real wild. And I remember being a teenage alcoholic and making out with this club owner and then getting my friends in for free to this club, thinking I'm doing everybody a solid. Sex work 100%. is work, bitch. I would do it for my friends, 100%. <laughs> but like in hindsight, being like, oh, I was 16 years old and this dude was like, I'll get you in for free and all your friends if you can make out with me. I was like, oh yeah, why not? You know, that's good. I'm like, oh my God, red flags. Turns out he was also really into arson. It not was, you always try to bring it up. <laughs> oh my god! She's always like, she's like, <laughs> pride was an arson. <laughs> arson. It's a crime of passion. Crime but of he passion. would do that. I guess he jerk off and then would he? Well, you know he sets things on fire and then jerk off. Yeah, to the fireman putting out the fire, which is always really weird. So then they ended up like running him out of Fresno, and then he moved the club to Bakersfield for a while, and we went down there, which is a, arguably a sketchier place than even Fresno. Worse, yeah, you could smoke indoors because it was a private club, which is my favorite thing in the world. You know, <laughs> I've only smoked one cigarette indoors, and I will admit it was very fun. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Oh you know? uh, yeah, um, like you were madmen. Very much so, but I think that. You know, prior to our conversation before starting, my whole thing was like, be hot, get fucked up, and have sex with other men. That was kind of my understanding of pride. You know, and so being young and gay and impressionable, that's what I thought it was. And as fun as I would think I was having a pride, I don't think I really started to appreciate it until I, you know, grew into an actual adult and could understand the impact that pride has and what it means and me having the opportunity to you know, have that place of community. I always say, out of the entire Pride weekend, my favorite thing in the world is the parade. 
because I get to walk down the street. Which we we have starkly contrasting opinions about that. Okay, keep going, though. <laughs> I love the parade. Now you being pro-parade in yeah. my house. Because <laughs> I get to walk down the street, I get to be it's out and proud, yeah. and everyone cheers for you. Yeah. And it just feels so good to just be who you are in front of everyone's eyes. And have I will not rain you. on your parade, to be yeah. fair. Parades fair. are not for me. But I do mm-hmm. think there are so many things because we've gotten so far that we kind of we we forget about the like wow holding hands in public with a like I literally will lock arms with a straight man I gave it anywhere anytime any place with Period. not a second thought mm-hmm. but ten years ago twenty no. years ago thirty years yeah. ago girl you've been asked and like I the person I moved to Portland with was a drag queen who was empress in like the seventies mm-hmm. and had been you know uh, Allison Gray may they rest in peace R I P rest in power they. Um, yeah, I mean, the stories they used to tell me. I mean, so that all the things that we take for granted mm-hmm. that happen in a parade, so <laughs> all the things I hate about the parade, which is, mm-hmm. like, you know, the 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 time. It's a long, <laughs> it's a long that's probably the, long My process. number of complaints, it's long, it's uncomfortable, you're bumping elbows with people, mm-hmm. you know? But it, it used to be a huge risk. It yeah. used to be a major, major risk to be in public and be out and proud. Yeah. So I, I honestly, as much as I hate on the praise, I am would be devastated if they weren't happening because they're so important for so many historical reasons and for like fresh new people, people who mm-hmm. are like, I mean, there's we are probably moving into the area, um, at least in certain regions of our country, because also America is such a, a little bubble of gayness because the rest of the world is like. Not just say the rest of the world. A lot of parts of the world, it is still super not cool to be gay. Stone them, you know? <laughs> yes. And so I think we are learning the finer appreciations of, 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 those, of those rights that we take for granted now. Oh, I completely agree. I cause, mean, I would say when I graduated high school in 2004, and really at that time, I remember being gay, one of the only gay kids in high school, and it just being so taboo and so negative, and us fighting to imagine that. I'm like imagining someone trying to bully you for being gay and I can't but I yeah. also can <laughs> yeah you know but I always stood up for myself 100% never let anybody push me around yeah but we remember trying to get like a gay straight alliance started and it was just an uphill battle and it never happened and That's I feel like so many kids have them today in their schools yeah. and I just how different my life would have been if you know I had a semblance of acceptance in my high school I was so lucky with my good group of friends that were so, um, you know, integral in my, you know, coming out story. But yeah, even back then, it was still a really weird time to be gay. Yeah. So I would love to hear what is one of your first times that you kind of, I would say like sexual orientation euphoria. Like I, for example, I mean, I remember, and this is, and it sort of sucks because I mean, I had a boyfriend from 15 to 20 and we were just so dedicated mm-hmm. to being in the closet. I mean, it was the most of our fights were about like oh my god you like we could have been caught blah 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 like that sort of thing it was such an undertone of like we are ashamed and so when i felt my first moment of pride and it really it was when i was in this way i was going to college in new york and i was in the closet at nyu sucking dick too i was like i'm just like i'm sucking dick because i love everyone <laughs> which actually it's funny like now i've come back more to like the pansexuality circle, yeah. yeah now i yeah. am kind of like back like that um but i got dressed up with my best friend gay best friend and it's so funny we've had many falling outs but we are now i would say very just like comfortable acquaintances jamie brandt shout out to you my first gay best friend and we got matching outfits and we wore super tight leather pants with black vests and we went to a phone party and we made out with twins and my sister came 
And, like, we were out. So it was my first time being out till, like, 5 in the morning. Like, you know, like, even in small towns, people just, like, you know, they're in I wasn't doing drugs. <laughs> no meth for me. So I was always, like, you know, late nights for me were, like, 2 in the morning. You know, and yeah. it wasn't like that, like... It was, I remember walking and we were holding our, 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 my shoes in my hand and just felt like, oh, okay, my life doesn't have to be miserable. Because up to that point, I was just like, I'm going to be a miserable fuck who has mm-hmm. a, a, a dear little secret. Yeah. And no one's going to know. I'm be a politician. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a lawyer. And I'm just going to have a wife. And, and this is, bear in mind, having a boyfriend for three years. I'm still thinking like this. <laughs> so I'm still like... No, this is something I can like contain. Yeah, and so that was sort of probably the f- first moment. Get, shout out to the gay nineties. That's where the phone party happened. That's it's just so funny because they also argue that they argue that they have the longest running drag show in America, mm-hmm. which I was like, I ourselves is stunting on them. Like, Sorry, but um, yeah, no, I'd love to test the see see where the correlations are. But yeah, so I would say that was my first sexual orientation euphoria. I love that. What What are some things that come to mind for you? I think having early access to that club run by that predator was... Can, can we name the club? Oh, it was Bam Bams. <laughs> I, know. I mean, the name absolutely sells it, 100%. But bam, think, bam. Yeah, past yeah. that, after moving from Fresno to the Central Coast to San Luis Obispo, mm-hmm. it's such being such a small area and surprisingly conservative area, um, there was kind of this... Mexican restaurant called Tortilla Flats and we would have um, you know a dance party there once a week every month and it was so cool and it was so exciting we'd have theme nights um, so Miss Fame was always there which was fun <laughs> it's so um, funny to think all of our close friends Miss Fame is so poised and everything now yeah. and with this is not I actually love because I lo- anyone who's re- in recovery I'm here for 100% also so and her. not to interrupt you but we just got some technology figured out we have Silhouette in the house Hi. Hey. Hi, Silhouette. We're just, we're right now, we're talking about like, you know, there's moments of, of gender euphoria and there's, I'm trying to think of a time when you first really felt comfortable being gay and like, even like, this is, this is going to just be okay. It's going to be good. Yeah. And so they were just, discuss- so it happened at Bam Bam. And yeah, Tortilla <laughs> Flats. And then I think for us living so close to LA, yeah. being 18 and 19 and going down to West Hollywood and just being a drunk twink, drunk twink and weeho. <laughs> was, like, very, very, like, a foundation for You thought you were up. in a movie. You thought you were in a movie. I did. Also, I 100%. should, we should pull out the book. Oh, wait, where is Wearing it? my skinny seven jeans to Tiger Heat, thinking I'm, like, just the shit. There it is. You should pull that book out. This is it. Oh. <laughs> Do you finally read all of it? I didn't, I have, no, this, these are the three books I'm reading to read. But, I, I mean, it, this book called that's The Visible Monsters, and you said, it, you know, we highly recommend reading it. Um, highly recommend anybody that's ever read, uh... Chuck... Chuck Palahniuk, yeah, yeah. Invisible Monsters, it's a must-read. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I had a very similar experience. I didn't get the book, but my friend Trey, and I will definitely be tagging them in the, in the comments of this, like, they took me to Monster in, in, in West Village. They yeah. took me to um, Heaven. They took me to Splash. And a lot of those places, a lot of them shut down because... Limelight's reopening, did you hear? I done did hear. And, oh like, literally, like, because I think, like, it's such a weird thing, and we all, like, you sound like you were kind of coming into your gayhood in, like, mm-hmm. two, the mid early 2000s, right? Like 2003, yeah. Yeah, really 2006. Accurate. Me, it was more 2011 to 2015. And I'm silhouette for you. When would you say that that is? Um, I think like, there's like two different points that like happened for me. Three really, maybe. Um, <laughs> there she goes. I feel like the first one, 
Well, the first one is like going to the escape for the first time. Like being like... I had no idea you had been there. I'm so jealous. I have never been to the escape. I'm so pissed about it. it. Yeah, no, it was the first like gay thing I ever did ever. Before I had sex even. Like, or did anything. I just like, you went like, I went for my friend's birthday and um, like, they were actually like, it was, they were all straight, except for actually he wasn't, but like, we don't talk about that because he has a wife and kids now, but... You know what, honestly, um, I think we're learning that like, straight men, just like, just like people can experiment, straight men can experiment too. Yeah, I mean, it's Pride Month, call him by name. Well, What's his name? I mean, it's no, like, no, no, it was more than that. Do not I mean, call him by his name. Like, <laughs> fucking chaos Kyle over here. Sorry, you were saying, you were saying. <laughs> But no, it was just like the first time where like I saw someone in drag and it was like the first time that like I had just like been, I don't know, around queer community. And then I would say like the next time was when I started just like wearing what I wanted to wear. And when I started like wearing, like I just made an intentional choice to be very like when I, when I was working in stage management, there was just like I only could wear black. Like I had a, like it wasn't very exciting. So I had to like make it exciting in however way I could get away with. And that just, like, was, like, okay, I'm going to start, like, exploring clothes. I'm going to start exploring, like, what I just like and not look at, like, gender and stuff. And then once I started doing that, I just felt, like, fucking on top of the world. And I was being just, like, loved for it even more so. So, um, yeah. Well, wait, then, like, did you have a third up, one? Like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like now, I feel like coming out of this pandemic, okay. I feel like this, all of a sudden, this shift of, like, fully like i honestly feel like i i have been lacking like a sense of confidence what being a part of this community like after being doing it being a part of a career that i was like really good at really like praised for like constantly like you know what i mean and like doing something that's very new and around people i don't know and i'm not familiar with and like now like coming out of this pandemic i feel like i know people i feel like i'm able to connect and like that brings my queerness to like a whole nother level because i appreciate so much of the queerness around me Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I, I mean, I think both Kyle and I, we've talked about it long before this. Is, like, you are for sure coming into your own because I think, and that's why you and uh, Venus are the youth delegation. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we had to deal with, which I do not wish on, like, you just didn't have to deal with that. Like, and like that's that makes me so happy because yeah. it's like, and like because now you're already like you're doing stuff that like I'm just now getting to as well. Like, and it's that's so exciting because it's like right. so many. I mean, we've all seen that meme. It's like mm-hmm. we're. If you were in the closet, you were... I mean, how many other six-year-olds had a deep, dark secret that they knew they had to lie about? <laughs> 100%. Right? You know? Well, I mean, and then, that's where it's like I don't take that privilege lightly either. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important, especially this pride, like, for people to really, like, educate themselves about, like, all of the shit that went on that people had to deal with, that people fought for in order for me to be able to just, you know, be a faggot and not worry about it. Um... You know, I wanted to say, actually, there was a riot that, like, a lot of people don't know about before Stonewall. In San Francisco. In yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was um, it's it was at uh, the Donut Cooper's Donut Shop uh, in 1958, and they, or 59, rather. And, yeah, they were just, they were, uh, uh, it was a 24-hour queer bar, like, in the queer part of town. And the cops were, like, taking, like, uh, arrested five patrons, and then people started, like, throwing their coffee and throwing litter, throwing whatever they could at the cops until, and held them off until, like, the people, until, like, the blockade, like, came and, like, took it over and then everyone was arrested. But, like, that, that, that's a, that was, like, a huge, like, 
milestone for um, people fighting back as well, just on the other side of the coast, the other side of the country. Yeah, and I think it's and it's just so and today, and I I don't want to get too into it because <laughs> separately, but like there is there has we and, we and we talked about it earlier before you popped on is this, there is ever since then since the early the, I would say pro, after the AIDS epidemic kind of cl- quieted down because people were dying less you could live with it it wasn't a death sentence the you know governments shifted governments started caring well started being less not caring you know there really was a shift to like sort of just like you know but by, by the time I was right when I was coming out pride really wasn't a, a protest it was like it was like, we're just like you. Like, we're like, you know, like, we can be, we can be, you know, it was a more of a push for queer acceptance versus, like, queer celebration. Right. Well, and that's where we come to assimilationism and, like, the whole level of, like, the AIDS crisis really took out the most radical queers among us because the most radical queers among us kept we're having fucking, sex. Yeah. And, kept, and, yeah, and they were, like, living their, their dream, their fantasy, and, like, they... And they died because of it. And so because of that, a lot of the more conservative gays or like closeted gays that like came out later, like what they were going for, a lot of their tactics were like gay marriage and like having equal rights and and what that looks like rather than like just like sort of an equal view, no matter what, what kind of, you know, queer you are in in this whole rainbow. So I think, and and that's, and like to, I want to put a bookend on this end of the conversation and start a new one, which is bookend is that, I love that it's kind of coming back around. Like, you know, because last summer, Pride was literally only a protest because that was the only way we were allowed to gather. And so, and, you know, it, it was such a focus on the on the true meaning of, of, of Pride and who really, you know, you know, all those people who... I do usually say that it takes, you know, different types of approaches mm-hmm. to activism to make it work. And I believe that. But who really put themselves out there for the first 10, 15, 20 years, black, brown, trans sex workers. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's it's really cool that like, I again, just as my, I have 10 years gay, I'm seeing that come back around and I hope that we can find that balance. Cause like, we, mm-hmm. what's party hard? Suck some dicks, fuck people. That, cause like just being ourselves is the ultimate protest, but let's not forget that there's- Well, like, and that's- and that's where there's like it, it, there's nothing more like that that makes me more affirmed than the fact that like our queerness is so natural is because we didn't have the same like the same amount of like queer elders because so many of them died before in the generation before us you know what i mean like there's a lot of like just natural radicalism that just comes out of like being a part of queer community and being different and having this experience and living this life and that's um that's something to to really value and I, and I think that is, so this is where I come. So now, here we are. It's 2021. I'm gay. You're gay. They're queer. We're all queer. You're trans. People can, honestly, depending on where you live, we discussed this earlier too, it's mostly in certain parts of America, certain parts of Europe. Now, how, how do we proceed? You know what I mean? It's no, because I think, honestly, like right now, because a lot of times, and today was such an example of, even if you are part of this queer community, you can still be making a lot of fuck ups in other regards. It's not like a past, like it used to be. It used to be like, oh, I'm gay. You're, you're black. You're a woman. We're all on the same side, which we are, but it's much more nuanced than that. So how do you, and I would, well, Kyle, because you're the most cis white gay man here. Hands down. Even though you are non-binary, but like most most masked white cis presenting, um, 
like how do you how do we still like be radical queers and also like I don't know coexist and survive under a colonialist capitalist society how Period. do you yeah heavy questions heavy questions yeah um I always one lead by example you know be the best oh person. that's what you're doing just kidding. yeah <laughs> I, a bad example but example to the least but just having a sense of steadfast to yourself and just being true to who you are, like you said, that ultimate protest is being who you are. But also knowing when to not talk is also really good for yes, me. You yes. know, I am completely okay with allowing the voices that are in our community that are more marginalized to speak even louder. If I can do something to help, please let me know and I will continue to follow suit. You know, I think one, even identifying that privilege is such a strong and powerful thing. You know, and just being there to kind of help support the rest of the community that also needs to have their comeuppance, one hundred percent. And so, I and I think that is you hit the nail on the head. And I, I, I the terminology I've been giving it to is the spectrum of privilege. The 100%. spectrum of privilege. Yeah. Yes, you are gay. Yes, I'm sure it was not pleasant to come out to your parents, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've been in a small town and felt that, those eyes on you. And that's where honestly you should be able to sort of identify mm-hmm. with, with women and black people and brown people and trans people because you know that moment where someone is judging you and being cruel to you or 100%. or doesn't like you based solely on something that's out of your control um and so i i, I do think we're learning now that it's just much more nuanced than being like i'm i'm we're we're all on the same side but we do have to recognize on that one side where how how easy is it for us mm-hmm. 3,000%. so i mean what are your thoughts silhouette yeah, I just think that it's it's about um, we're starting as as like we become we evolve in these like labels and complexities of like know like ways of knowing ourselves even more detailed and more and further and like um, as far as gender identity sexuality you know there's just so many different things that you can that you can discover about yourself um, and with that and with also like a level of understanding. Yeah, th- that... Um, how stoned are you? How, like, Just get- <laughs> like, also plays, plays into that. Then it's sort of, like, this situation where we have to really, like, um, acknowledge the individual and acknowledge that, like, every circumstance, people come from different backgrounds and different places, and, like, we like we can't control how some, how people feel, you know, because it's, it's so different for everybody. Yeah, and I think honestly, like, and the more and the the wiser and less I don't know, the wiser I get and the less I care about my ego, the more I realize it's just like often it's great to it's you'll never lose out usually by defaulting to someone who's more marginalized than you. You'll learn something, and honestly, like each, even I and I'm, you know, today was such an example. I I may be some autistic trans indigenous person, but I still can have I still have privilege and I still have things that I can learn and do better for. And I do hope that, like, that energy that we had from last Pride is continued because I think, again, we, we showed that we have, we have the time, the money, the effort, the resources to really do some shit. Um, and, like, honestly, Pride is such a, you know, it's a little, mm. it's a moment of, of excess. My first party was called Extra, you know. Obviously, people have, you know, this is when you can charge more for covers. There's so much money on the table Let's take some of those time and money and resources to really do what Pride was initially about, which is honestly at this point intersectionality. Just like use your white privilege as a gay person to protect black trans and cis people. So yep. love that. Okay, so I would say let's tone shift, topic shift. 
What are some of the more embarrassing things that you've done during Pride? What are some of your Pride stories of which you have a little shame about? <laughs> Just kidding. 100%. I mean, I, know, I don't know how many silhouette we'll have, but I know I for sure have some. Oh, I mean, most of them. I was in a blackout, baby, so I don't really Yay! remember. Can't remember if I was in a blackout. Literally. I'm ke- well, but you do. Did, at least you have... Okay. Some people will try to lever, never let me forget. Yes. You know, but I can't remember. If I can't remember, it never happened. All right. Does everyone have at least one story? Yeah, we'll come up with one. Well, that's the thing is I haven't been to Pride before. Okay, fine. Then just one embarrassing story about you something gay. No, I was kidding. Okay, well, then I have no, enough no, for all okay. of us. Because I used to literally... Because first of all, early into my party throwing career, that's what I did. I threw like a big pride party every year. I usually like, rent some penthouse or some nice hotel, big room somewhere downtown in Minneapolis. And probably <laughs> most embarrassing slash yikes <laughs> award goes to. So I threw a party in 2015. It was I was going on a bike trip for two months. I was biking from Minneapolis to New York. And I was, like, leaving my life behind and, like, doing all these things. So I got freaking lit. And also, bear in mind, this is back when I used to only drink. No drugs. Isn't that crazy? That is weird. It's fucking wild. Um, so I, we woke, and this is, the, I usually threw my party on the Sunday of it. So this is after three, four days of already just going at it, just mm-hmm. drinking. One Pride, I, I, Pride 2016, I didn't even, I literally fell asleep in a closet. Avery was there. Avery was there. Avery was like, and I had like a ball of burn nuts. So that's one. But 2016, or 2015, excuse me, and Alaska was coming, and I was just, I was obsessed with drag race. I was still very like new gay. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gay. Um, so I was determined to make it to her show. But bear in mind, so I wake up hungover. We go to the saloon at like 9 a.m. I get drunk. And by 11 a.m., I am already blackout drunk. <laughs> Then we go to that's Hell's pride. Kitchen, which is where Chris worked. Um, and, that's pride. That's, um, and we sober me up a little bit because I ate some food. But lo and behold, they're a Bloody Mary place. We got more drunk. I black out again. Here she goes. Gia clock. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. I was like, I was, my, my baby's first apology video today. And I was like, I just hope it's not like that one guy. <laughs> Remember that one guy at the beginning of the pandemic who was like so fucking fucked up? Oh yeah. He's oh, like, yeah, the yeah. DJ. Yeah, I feel for I wonder where he is now. Anyway, so then so I black out at eleven AM. I black out at one PM. Check in is at three for this party. So at by check in, I am twice obliterated. We and also my card keeps getting declined because of like the they for some, they were trying to take like a huge credit out, like three hundred dollars and there wasn't in it. So I, my friend had to do it. Because everyone was like counting as if we were having a party. And so then people come over. I remember that it was a pink party. Um, but then I got drunk again and blacked out for the third time. <laughs> so I passed out. So most of my party, people are coming in and are like, and it was like this huge hotel suite with like one room and like some boudoirs and like a main room and another little room. And people would come into the room and like pay their respects. There's actually some. Um, pictures I'm just like with a pink boa and just like pink glitter on my face just like sitting in bed just blacked out and people kept taking pictures of me Um, great party Katya great party actually (laughs) it was a great party and shout out to Chris because we kept getting noise complaints and Chris literally this is like yeah this is both a a shameful story of mine and a prideful story of Chris's because bear in mind Chris Hoagland permanent birthday girl um, was not 
uh, was a gay man since they were 14, which is way before I was, but they have never really accepted their, like, queerness and gayness until, like, a year ago. So, honestly, them being at Pride and, like, running a Pride party was actually a major moment for gay rights. And so they, like, convinced them not to kick us out, and then, but they kicked out most of the people, and I, uh, Alaska was going on at 11, and I was like, I am going to make it. And I, mu- I, must, I thought that before I blacked out, so I set a timer. And so I, a timer went off. I woke up at 11. And there was like a few people, stragglers at my place. And I was like, get me to the saloon. I have to go to the saloon. And so we walked the six blocks with my straight friend Chase. Bless her heart. She always... Mm. Oh, my God. That was back when I used to like come on to straight guys, which is so embarrassing now. I would like never be into a straight person now. Like ever. Dirty down there. No, I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. Um, he walked me to the bar, in which case I got more drinks, and lo and behold, I blacked out the fourth time that night, and I didn't see Alaska. Oh, no. <laughs> so I never saw Alaska. Blacked out four times. We got back to the party. Actually, that was my first time accidentally doing meth, because mm-hmm. we got back to the party. I had a threesome with this. First time was an accident. Second time was on purpose. <laughs> well, first time's always free, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, and then, um, yeah, Chris, that was my first time doing really coke, and Chris... We did some coke, and that coke had um, something that... And again, I had to. I was moving out of my apartment and going on a bike trip in three days. Mm-hmm. Like a 2,000-mile a, a bike trip, and I was up for two days. <laughs> it actually kind of worked out because my apartment was spotless. <laughs> I got, that, I got that deposit back hard. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. I got to New York three days early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So that is my embarrassing pride story. Um... Yeah. I don't want to top that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to let you go ahead and have that pride story. That's not... That... And honestly, like, that was just used to be the way I partied. I just don't... I don't party to get fucked up anymore. Mm-hmm. Or if I do, it's, like, in such a specific scenario where I'm, like, in someone's house with, like, four people. Um, but, yeah. No, I like to party now to, like, be enhanced, to be goofy, but... Yeah. To be... I don't party to get fucked up. I get fucked up to party, maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, that's... Oh, my God. Party. Okay. Well, this is actually... We're about a 40 minutes. I think this is a great a great marker. I lo- um... Maybe one, one last question. What is a favorite Pride memory that you have? Silhouette, please. I'll let you take this one. Um, it doesn't have to be even well, a Pride I moment. Mean, I will just... Because <laughs> you've been to Pride. So you went to, because, like, like, Pride Waterfront when you were, like, a baby. No, I didn't. That's the thing, is I was always working during Pride, and that's what was the, always the running joke in my family, was everyone else in my family has been to Pride before I did. And so then my first Pride was going to be during before the pandemic where I was like super ready for what we're going to do and all yeah. that. And then it didn't happen. So this is really my first Pride, which is why it feels really special to me and all the projects and stuff that we're working on. Like I'm it's it's a very special year. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Having the opportunity to actually have that investment and to craft a Pride that you would like to see as your first Pride, I think is so beautiful and i think that if we do a follow-up podcast next year to be able to kind of reiterate that will just be a a really beautiful moment totally yeah just to be able to like i mean i just don't want to forget like this sort of special experience of coming back to our community after so long and and being able to like really fully embrace each other and be so excited to see each other um it's it's a really special time and i want to remember it oh yeah i completely feel you i feel Trying to think which... So you don't want me to to um, roof you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh uh, no! What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, she's like, well, don't don't go too far. 
No, I'm excited. And like, honestly, this it's such a great way for you to experience your first like full-fledged pride because it's from someone who's like usually pride month, even before I was in an organizational role, it was stressful. What outfits are you going to have? Whose parties are you going to go to? Who's invited? Who's not? How's your, a lot of body dysmorphia because everyone looks, everyone's like pride month, gotta look hot. So I'm glad that we're going to have, and that's, this is a great time to plug that we will be having two, oh yes, we'll be having two pride events um, on one on Friday, uh, June 18th. And you can, it's called Extra Queer. You can look on our Instagrams or Facebook, find it. It's a secret beach location. So Vemno for the location. And there'll be go-go dancers and performances and DJs. Human and, traffic cones. and Yeah, honestly, there, there's, someone's bringing a stripper bowl, photographers. There's, the, the media will be there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Sunday, we are doing a tea dance. And that is also a secret outdoor location. Um, more is in Southeast, if you want a little, little inside scoop. And it is from 5 to 11 p.m. Also, Vemma, for the, for the information. And there's go-go's, performances, DJs, and lots of fun stuff. So, yeah, if you're feeling pridey, come see us. We'll be there. Unless you're straight, don't come. Well, oh my god, we, did, we just did a promo video of me and Cozy. We're like, hi, straight! <laughs> Wouldn't... Candle be nice for straight stuff? <laughs> you ever get tired of doing straight stuff? I literally, like, literally, like, honestly, that's a, like, and t- talk about gatekeeping. I have a hard time gatekeeping just because, like, you never know. You never know. Because, honestly, know. I seem, like, the cissest, like, honestly, I thought I was the white, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and here I am, five, six years later, queer. Don't gatekeep indigenous. the gatekeeper. I was there when the lock was put on. Yes, don't gatekeep me, witch. <laughs> All right, babe. Well, I'm so happy that we could do this and we will be, um, yeah, we'll be t- tuning in tomorrow at 10 a.m. to do another uh, round. I think James Majesty will be there. Maybe a little Lisa Limba. Beautiful. Maybe a little this, maybe a little that. Mm. And then we'll also be here on mm. Wednesday. And I know Coco Jim Holiday is coming then. Kimberly Michelle Westwood, Kimber Shade. And it's going to be a riot. I love so, it. Again. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So subscribe to our Patreon. Woo! Heard and Heard. Um, go to our whatever's we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes. Love you, babes. Gay rights. Gay rights. Bye.